0: Um, So it was important for us to talk to our customers and realize where are some places where we could, you know, probably give them discount or cut a fee or, you know, uh, take ahead their membership for a few more months. And that is where we as an organization could, uh, you know, really say that we are here because of you and we're gonna um, tweak or change the way we uh, cater to
1: you. Hi, I'm Caitlin Pyatt, owner of Authentic Branding and Marketing, where I work with female entrepreneurs to brand, market, and grow their small businesses. I'm your host for this podcast, Startup Marketing. I'm a mom of three and entrepreneur, so if you ever hear little kids in the background, it's just my life, trying to make this all work while I build a business. I worked as a corporate marketer for over 12 years, where I focused on marketing and branding strategy, along with marketing management. Often, I heard small business owners say they weren't doing any marketing because they couldn't afford to outsource it to an agency and they didn't know how to do it themselves. When I started my business, I knew I could take my expertise and my experience to help women thrive by teaching them how to create strategic marketing plans they could feel confident about and show them the tools to make managing their marketing easy and efficient. So if you're an entrepreneur out there who's Googling how to brand and market your business, you've come to the right place. The goal of Startup Marketing is to make all of my marketing knowledge accessible and actionable so you can take it and level up your business. I'm a huge marketing nerd, and I'm passionate about sharing everything I know with you. This podcast is genuinely one of my favorite things to create, so get ready to learn about all things marketing. Anjali Nair is the founder of Desi Girl in US, a skill
2: development and mentoring platform for all immigrants in the United States. She's an enthusiastic marketing specialist with over seven years of experience from big corporate firms to startups. Currently, she works as a marketing planner for a membership-based organization in Tampa, Florida, while also running her business. After moving to the US, When she did not find the right support to help her find a job, it became her mission to help 10,000 immigrant women restart their careers in the U.S. and integrate with the new culture and country. When she's not hyping up her community, she's spending time with her husband and pup, binging on Netflix, and reading books on startups. All right, let's dive in to our conversation today. Welcome, Anjali. I'm excited to have you here today. Tell us about your background and what it is you do. Hi, Caitlin. It's really nice
0: to be here today. And I am excited to share about all the roller coaster ride that I've been in for the past few years in the States. Um, So let me start by saying that I am not from here. I've recently moved. And I want to say I'm close to four plus years. Um, I originally come from India, born and raised. Um, come from a middle-class family. My family still lives there. I graduated with a degree in pharmaceutical sciences and then went on to do my MBA in marketing because clearly I was not cut out to work in a lab and really blossomed when I was in the field of marketing and I started learning about it. Um, I The last job that I had in India before I moved to the States was as a brand manager at a big pharmaceutical firm. Uh, So I was that girl who was uh, selling drugs to the physicians. (laughs) Uh, In the States, after I moved here, um, the first couple of months were a lot of fun because I was this curious kid. I was almost like a baby who was fascinated by every new thing that you found here. So imagine me fascinated by Walmart and Ikea and also equally fascinated by, oh my God, how wide the roads are. I can see the clear blue sky. So everything was very fascinating to me as a newcomer in the States. Um, Cut to now, what I do is I work as a marketing planner at a big corporate firm, which is a membership organization. And I also started uh, my own platform, which caters to skilled immigrants in the States. Um, And I kind of take that from my own journey, where I was this lost girl in a new country, who had no idea how to restart her career. So I built a platform which uh, can help other immigrant women like me so that they don't have to struggle to find their first job in a new country. So yeah. Wow, That
2: that is a really, that is a very cool story. So can I ask you, a little bit more about, um, I've kind of got a couple of questions from everything that you just said, but the platform itself. So what you are building to help these women be able to kind of avoid some of the struggles that you had coming to the United States, like how, so how does it work? Is it like a networking platform or kind of what is the like concept of it? And then how, and we'll kind of get into like the marketing of it and everything and how you're growing it. But tell me a little more about the platform.
0: Sure. Um, so the the idea started when I was uh, job searching here and it took me, I think, double the amount of time that it takes mm-hmm. for any job seeker here. So I was in the job market for close to eight months and I had applied to 240 plus different roles within marketing and I was just having a really tough time being uh, just getting accepted or landing interviews or even you know not hearing the fact that oh we chose to go ahead with another local candidate so that all that kind of really um, you know made me go and search it made me go and see is there any help for new immigrants is there anything that um i am missing out that i don't know and will really help me get that first gig but unfortunately there was nothing like this out there and um once i kick-started my career and kind of landed at a place where I had um, figured most of the things out, I was in a position to share my journey with others. And when I did that, I got a lot of questions. Uh, So I started answering the questions, I started creating content that um, relates to these women so that they don't have to uh, spend years together, you know, just restarting their career. So Desi Girl in U.S. is a skill development and mentorship platform, and it is formed by immigrants for immigrants so that they get the community, the mentorship, and the learning opportunities, which will not only help them get a break in their career, but they're also set for the rest of their lives when it comes to developing skills or having uh, the peer support and mentorship that was missing, and now it's here because of Desi in US.
2: Yeah, that is so, that is really very cool. I, you hear a lot of people say, especially when you're looking at starting a business, you know, start a business based on something that like, you know, is a pain point that you experienced that now you understand how to solve, um, you know, which is clearly what you've done, but it is, I mean, you could have gone a million different directions starting a, a company. And I just think it's really amazing that you chose to kind of do it in a way that pays it forward to mm-hmm. other women like you who, you know, it's because it's not, I, it's not an easy thing to do to restart a career, let alone, I can't even imagine, you know, having to restart a career in a totally new country. Um so I I think that is just the the coolest thing uh to be able to do that and kind of pay that forward. So tell me you you hinted at it a little bit um that you had applied to over 240 jobs. And I want to just note like specifically the the marketing world I think is very difficult as a woman to break into. And I am sure a hundred times harder as an immigrant woman. What was that experience like specifically kind of translating uh, global marketing to Mm -hmm. like US marketing?
0: Yeah, yeah. And uh, this is a topic that's close to my heart and I I do talk to a lot of aspiring marketeers about this. Um, So to give you some context, um, when I say skilled immigrants, These are people who have a minimum of a bachelor's degree and they go up to like master's, MBA, PhD, all of that. And if you just look at the United States, the two biggest um, sectors where you will see a lot of skilled immigrants are uh, the healthcare and the information technology field. So it's not surprising to see any skilled immigrant getting into either of these two fields. But what is uncommon is not seeing um, skilled immigrants in creative or non-tech based fields and marketing is a really good example. So um, it becomes even more difficult for an immigrant to get into these fields, which are not like your conventional or stereotypical roles for skilled immigrants, right? And you see more um, locals who are in these fields because of course um, it's their forte, they're really good at what they do. And uh, that also poses um, an additional roadblock for immigrants because one, you don't see uh, people of color um, plus who are immigrants in these roles. So for me, getting into marketing, one was not only tough, but I also received a lot of external um, backlash saying that you're wasting your time trying to get get into marketing, why don't you switch your career? Or, you know, I I would get all sorts of advice. Mm. And I was just not ready to give up on it. You know, it's, One, it's so difficult to find your passion and know what you're good at. Two, if someone tells me quit that and do something that may bring you a paycheck (laughs) but not give you happiness, I was not ready for that compromise. So I took it upon myself that, you know what, I am going to figure this out no matter how long it takes. So I had like a plan A, B, and C. My I started with a plan A, which was to find a role in marketing within pharma or healthcare. That kind of tanked within the first week because I realized that Florida is not a good market for um, pharma or um, you know, healthcare marketing. So I switched to plan B, whereas was like, I will get a role in marketing irrespective of the industry. So I started applying to any and every marketing and advertising role that was out there. And I started entry level knowing very well that I can't apply to a, a mid-level role. My plan C was to get any job that's out there because that was out of sheer desperation and also the feeling of being trapped um, at home and being dependent on your spouse was also eating me away. Um, And I wanna, I don't know if this is disappointing or encouraging, but I actually started off with Plan C and I took up an hourly pay job to start Mm -hmm. with. And uh, it kind of gave me an insight into how people work here. So it really gave me a lot of, you know, firsthand interaction with customers and getting to learn the language, getting to learn the uh, nuances of the pop culture here. So I take that as a learning experience. The second role I got was I worked for a solopreneur here and that really made a big difference because I got experience in the States as a marketeer, even though, you know, it wasn't a big deal but it was a great starting point um, and the job that i landed after 240 job applications was at a startup firm and believe it or not i got that role not because of my online applications but because through a networking event so um, one of the tips that i always give new immigrants is go out and meet people because we don't have the professional network that we had back in our home country and we got to build it From scratch so I think I attended close to 12 meetups or networking events um, while I was job searching and I also started volunteering which opened up new doors for me because I got to be in touch with um, uh, the the c-suite of some of the firms here and that's how I landed my first role in marketing at a startup firm which was B2B marketing that
2: was completely new to me too. (laughs) Mm -hmm. No, that's a, that's great advice. It's something that I've talked about in the past as well, that I really, I undervalued in my own career when I was a corporate marketer. um, I didn't really understand the value of building a network. I looked at it and I thought, oh my gosh, we have people who like, that's their sole job here at the company. So I don't have to do it. And then when it came time for me to start my own business, I was like, oh, that would have been really beneficial if I had spent any amount of time. So I definitely uh, spent a year trying to catch up and kind of build that network. Um, so it is it is really invaluable. And I think, um, you know, for better or for worse, it can be really Helpful to have that network. Uh, but it's hard when you when you don't have it. So everybody, everybody starts in the same, same place, which is I I have zero people in my network. Um, so those are all great things, like those meetups, the volunteering, those are all great ways to kind of start making those connections um and kind of thinking, thinking about what you want to do or what roles you can you can apply for. So Let's talk about um, a little bit more on the membership-based marketing because it is really a very different beast when you create a membership to kind of attract people to it. And so what makes recruiting people to or marketing a membership different or challenging than like, say, a boutique or, you know, any other kind of service-based, service-based industry?
0: Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, So this is my current role, right? I work for a corporate firm where my role is uh, to bring in new members. So I am in new customer acquisition. So for people who don't know uh, what membership marketing is or membership-based companies are, I want to give you an example of, uh, say, a Sam's Club where you um, pay a fee and become a member, and then you can shop as many times as you want. Or let's take the example of Amazon Prime, where if you're an Amazon Prime member, you get multiple benefits, uh, like the shopping delivery fee is reduced, or the time is reduced, and then you have access to like their videos and other uh, items on their list, right? So uh, similarly, um, if I had to... Uh, acquire new members to the organization Uh, what is important is um, not only bringing in new members but the business really thrives because of its existing members so that was kind of a new learning experience for me because um, I've I've previously worked at firms where it's a one and done deal right you you spend time um spreading awareness then consideration and then purchase so once a customer purchases a product or a service from you, for example, a candy or a television, um, there may or may not be more upselling to it. And they may or may not be a recurring customer to you. And that's fine because your aim as a a company who is selling products or services is to sell as many as possible. But when it comes to membership-based selling, we have this cycle where Each customer has its own lifetime value. And as an organization, we really function because of our large existing member base. So, um, when we think about the marketing strategy for the year, it's very important for us to keep up with the member interests and get their feedback, Mm -hmm. and also to study about how the consumer behavior is changing over time and adapt to it. So, uh, to give you uh, some examples would be uh, how the consumer needs have changed in a post-pandemic world, um, and how we had to pivot or tweak our um, marketing strategy and the way we talk to our consumers. Uh, Getting onto newer platforms like TikTok where people are spending more time and getting uh, the information that they need through people like them. So um, for a membership-based or a service-based organization, um, customer delight is what really makes the members stay with you, right? For, for an organization to get someone to renew their membership or go ahead and recommend this service or product to someone else is how a, a membership-based organization really functions and thrives and becomes profitable. So for me it was important to not just focus on bringing in new members but also making sure that I talk to people and understand why do they sign up as a member, get some uh, feedback, get positive reviews and recommendations because that is what really drives Um, others to come in and join and become a member and be a part of something exclusive, right? Being a member of something makes you feel like you're, you're, you are the only one who gets access to something. So I think the cool factor or the FOMO uh, also plays a very big hand in being a member of something that others really aren't.
2: Sure. No, that makes a lot of sense. And so as you, as you think about um you know kind of creating i love the the phrase like the delighting your members uh that's something that a guest of mine and i he is the founder of the social media platform hello woofy and he talked about you know as he was developing his software and things like that uh that he really focused on these like moments of delight throughout the software experience And so I think it's kind of the same, or I'm hearing you say that it's very similar in membership-based marketing. And so in order to get those referrals and those testimonials and things to help you recruit new members, you focus on those moments of delight. So then what, what is your strategy within the membership to create those moments of delight? Is it through content? Is it through networking events? Like, what did you consider and like, what did you settle on, especially, and I'm sure like COVID probably changed changed your direction a bunch of different times. So what did you settle on?
0: Um, So I think from last year, how our strategy changed was to uh, be or like spend time where our customers are at and also kind of really dial down on the Um, selling uh, language and move on to a more um, customer centric and doing what the customer really needs right now. So we're focused more about um, how are they feeling at the moment, how to provide them things or services that will make them feel more safe and secure. Mm -hmm. Um, So that could include, uh, you know, Anything in terms of home deliveries or anything in terms of keeping them entertained or safe at home. And then also in terms of content creation, we focused more about um, how to not let them uh, pay out of pocket a lot because a lot of people were uh, going through this phase where a lot of services that they were u- using were not making sense in a world where they were staying home working from home um so it was important for us to talk to our customers and realize where are some places where we could you know probably give them discount or cut a fee or you know um, take ahead their membership for a few more months and that is where we as an organization could, Um, you know, really say that we are here because of you and we're going to tweak or change the way we uh, cater to you according to how the external environment is changing. So I'm sure like our our marketing strategy did not see as creating more content last year. We did not foresee getting onto TikTok. We did not foresee, um, you know, dialing back on a lot of our strategies and going with completely new strategies, which we had not imagined ever. Um, but yeah, I think it was, it was one of the most um, insightful and learning experiences as a marketeer All of 2020 and 2021 has been uh, super challenging. And I want to speak on behalf of all the marketeers who've been there and (laughs) pivoted all kinds of businesses, you know. And yeah, kudos to that. And kudos to our customers for also like telling us, you know, what do they really need at this moment?
2: Yeah, that's, I I can't imagine that you know, I think you probably have a very unique and difficult challenge to start out with because you are connecting brand new U.S. immigrants, citizens to like all of these resources. And I can only imagine that became more difficult in a COVID-based world when potentially a lot of the the ways that you were going about connecting with these people were suddenly taken away. You don't have the ability to to necessarily meet them in person or connect them in person and, you know, hey, let me introduce you to so-and-so and and things like that. And so I think it's just, I think it speaks to a, a broader challenge that a lot of people face in their businesses, which is how do I um, how do I continue to connect and evolve so that I'm constantly meeting the demands of the people that I am, I'm here to serve. Uh, so do you have any, how did you go about finding, so you already had a a customer base that you could go to and say, Hey, what is it that you need from us now? Clearly things have changed. What advice would you have for someone who's like, I don't, I don't necessarily have that existing customer base. How do I go about finding out how I should be pivoting, how I should be evolving if I don't have those people to go to?
0: Okay, so for this one, I want to... um you know, take the example of the personal uh, brand that I'm building. Uh, So Desi Girl in U.S. really started off as a personal brand for me because I used it as a platform to um, voice out or be the face of um, immigrants to talk about the problems you're facing and also what worked out for me. Uh, The phase two of this platform was turning it into an educational platform and community um, for immigrants, by immigrants, where the prime focus was to share that, hey, there is um, a a solution now. There are resources that will help you overcome the challenges that you're facing. So um, what I did was um, I, I I had to grow my base, right? I started off on Instagram, for example, with like 239 people um, on my platform. And then I think over the last couple of years, I want to say really from Well, end of 2019 to now, um, I grew my member audience, and I want to say member because it's a community of immigrants, right? So I grew it from 239 to 15,000 as of today, and this happened only because I I catered to them. I served them through these through through these last uh, year and a half. Um, I started off by surveying those two hundred people who were in my base, and I um, and I validated the problems with them. Right, what I was going through is that something similar that you were going through. After that, I went on and did. 500 plus consultations where I help them with their unique challenges of, you know, um, how do I crack an interview or how do I create my LinkedIn profile or how do I really network when I go to a networking event? And then I created social media campaigns around them. So if you go to my Instagram, you will see uh, videos and uh, guides and blogs in terms of you know what to expect when you come here as a, as a new immigrant what are some things you should do to restart your career what are some skills that you should pick up that you're missing and through these um, content creations i reached i think close to 2.5 million people and that was a big step because now i was at a stage where i am i am spreading that awareness And people are thinking about it and they're like, oh, wow, I don't think I have to like spend time uh, DIYing it or, you know, just um, spending months and years together trying to figure it out. Now there is a person or a platform who can share with me the exact steps or processes that helped for them. So with that, I got like thirty odd people who uh, you know paid for the services and became a part of the mentoring program that I run, and um, I think that was all a part of you know trial and error that happened in in the last uh, in in the last year or so. Um, so yeah, it was quite yeah. a ride.
2: <laughs> I can I can imagine that um, it. It takes a lot of work. I think, um, not, I think I know it takes a lot of work to kind of build those, those out. And as I'm listening to you and I'm thinking about a community that I have in mind that I want to be able to start and, You just connected a little dot in my head in terms of like what I would actually do in my community when you talked about running campaigns around the different challenges and pain points. Um, I've sort of, I I stalled out momentarily where I was like, okay, what am I going to, I, you know, like I built the community platform and I started inviting some people and then I kind of, like I said, stalled out. Uh, because, uh, you know, what do I do? What do I talk to these people about? And, you know, just obviously I have a lot of content. I am a marketer. I, you know, run a podcast. And so I have all of this content that I can funnel to them. But I was like, oh, how do I do it? And, and running campaigns, I, it's something I do naturally. And I just didn't think about translating it into a community. So um, that was a, a nice little aha moment for me <laughs> just now. Um, so... As we kind of bring this all together and for someone, for a listener who is thinking about starting a community or even just, you know, starting their own business, what is one piece of marketing advice or takeaway that you would give listeners that they could implement today if they wanted to? For
0: sure. Um, And I'm going to like be a little extra and give you (laughs) two or three tips uh, or advice, uh, (laughs) if I may. Okay, so the first thing I would uh, definitely advise, and this is mandatory, is to spend time talking to your ideal customer. Once you figure out who your ideal customer is, find them, spend time with them, ask questions, get feedback, and also be or like spend time on a platform or a place where your audience really hangs out. So if that is Instagram, then, you know, create content on Instagram. If it's LinkedIn, go on LinkedIn. If it's in person at networking events, go out there. Um, My second tip would be don't try to do everything by yourself because you're probably slowing down your own process. And this I say from my own experience as a solopreneur, I try to do anything and everything uh, to, you know, really make sure that I don't have to spend a lot of money. Again, I don't I don't have a budget, so it makes sense. But when you can outsource um, for services that you usually spend a lot of time on and that can be done by an expert at probably fraction of the time that you spend and it really helps keeping your business moving so again i would say uh, don't be uh, conscious or think twice about outsourcing some services that you're not good at uh, number three would be um, just experiment and have fun with it you know um, a lot of times we take everything so seriously when we run um, a new business or you know create a personal brand for that matter but um Always go back to thinking, why did you start this? Mm -hmm. And your why is the number one reason why you're still at it, right? So anytime you feel stuck or anytime you feel things are not moving ahead or I'm not getting the motivation for it or I'm drowning, go back to that why. Go back to that first customer who purchased that product. From you, go back and talk to them and uh, just have fun with it. Be yourself, be authentic. And I'm sure the people who want your service or product will come to you.
1: That's
2: awesome. I think that's all great advice. Thank you so much. So, Anjali, uh, where can listeners connect with you if they are interested in learning more?
0: The best way to connect with me, if you want to chat or have a marketing consultation, would be by. LinkedIn, um, and I'm sure uh, I'll share those details with you in in like the description section. Yep. And then if you're a multi passionate marketer like me, or a new business owner, um, or a new immigrant here, Instagram is the place where I hang out and I share my dual life as a corporate marketer and building a community platform um, with the mission to serve 10,000 skilled immigrants restart their careers. So if that is a topic you want to talk about, Instagram. Instagram Instagram is where I'm at, at a Desi girl in U.S.
2: That's awesome. Thank you so much for your time and expertise today. I appreciate it.
0: Thank you so much, Caitlin. I had a lot of fun today chatting with you.
2: Thank you. I am so pumped by what Anjali is doing and how it was born out of her experience and the struggles that she had and how she took that and applied it to her business to build a brand and something that could genuinely help improve the lives of other immigrant women. It is such a powerful space to be in and I am so excited to see where her business goes. I hope you enjoyed not only her story, but how she's using her marketing skills to build her business. If you did, please don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe to Start Marketing to help other listeners like you find this podcast. Until next time.